is not interested in a program this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, mighty God. I love you, mighty God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, and all my weaknesses, God, that you, Lord, you still love me, God. Out of all the people in the world, we should say, God, why me? Why me, Lord? But nevertheless, <laughs> Let your will, God, be done. <laughs> Nevertheless, God, through all my difficulties, God, and all my weaknesses, God, you still choose to love me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As I was saying, one of the greatest joys of being a pastor is watching souls come in and watching them develop right in front of your eyes in front of my eyes if you're in leadership if you're working with an individual there's no greater joy than watching God do a work and manifest his power through human flesh there's no greater there's no greater joy than that Why do people get burned out? Why do people lose sight of God? I can honestly say from my own experience, because there's too much focus on me. There's too much focus on what I can get out of it. It's not about what I can get out of it. It's about what God can get out of it. You see, everything that has happened in my life, everything that I can attribute to ministry and, and the building of this church and everything, I cannot take any credit for that. The only thing that I could say, praise God, and the only thing that you can say if you ever come to this decision in your life is if you allow yourself to be used by God the greatest joy that you could ever experience, the greatest feeling that you could ever experience is bringing somebody to the house of God and watching God transform that life. Watching God do what only God can do.
That is worth everything. That's worth all the blood, sweat, and tears. Everything you put into this. To watch that. And that's what I believe Jesus saw on the cross. He was in total surrender, not my will, but thine be done. it's simply because he saw your faces. He saw my face. He knew there would be a day when his spirit challenged you. And his spirit compelled you. And his spirit drew you to the house of God. And you you allowed yourself to become vulnerable. You opened yourself up and you allowed God to look inside, deep inside of you and show you the hidden things. And you allowed God to expose those hidden things. Because the more that we hold on to these hidden things and the more we try to hide from ourselves and from God, amen, the less God can work in your life and the less God can transform your life into the person that he wants you to be. And I promise you, the more, the faster you give up these things, as I'm learning, the more gratification you will have in the kingdom of God. Because it is gratifying to lose the weight that has tied you down for so, so, so long. It's a work. It's a work in progress. It's a lifetime work in progress. Whenever I feel like I got it all under control, amen, there's something else that pops up deep within me you you're the pastor yeah i'm a human being i struggle i have issues praise god but i want god to expose those issues because god doesn't want me to walk around like that like this and he's so good he's so patient I'm thankful we have our visitors here. Angie, that's my mom's name, so we already have a special connection. Praise God. My mama was such a huge influence in my life. Praise God. It's good to have our traveling evangelist, Brother Landon, back. Amen. Good to have the Alanis family. Praise God. <clears throat> the entire clan. I want to give a shout out to Brother Godfrey. Uh, didn't he do an amazing work on the rock out here? Uh, we're going to be doing finishing the front part 
and we're going to put in a well we're we're still debating on what we're going to do but uh i pray it's going to look nice the front area is going to look nice it's going to have rock around that also <clears throat> we're just trying to make the house of god appealing amen unfortunately people look for things that are appealing to them things that draw them by the eye amen and if we will do our part of preparing the house of God God will do his part on preparing the souls that come into this house the Bible says the spirit of God draws all men and that's true but God expects us to do our part. Amen. That means keeping the outside clean. I'm excited for our revival services uh, this coming week. Uh, I'm expecting a great, a great time in the Holy Ghost. Amen. We do have a couple more evangelists coming uh, later on throughout the year. Amen. And uh, we'll keep you posted on that. I also want to say Sunday mornings, uh, whenever we have church, try to be here on time. Amen. I know that we have, or not we, I've already had, but you have kids. And I know they can be a challenge. Uh, do your best to get here at the house of God. Do your best. Well, I'm ready for the word of the Lord this morning. Are you ready for the word of the Lord? Amen. I want to teach on this subject. I don't have a scripture reference. But I want to talk about God's will for you. God's will for you. God's purpose, God's calling for you. And what's included in that. Lord Jesus, I love you, Lord. You're so, so, so very good to us, God. Thank you for this marvelous and awesome church. Such wonderful, wonderful people. These are your people, Lord. And we thank you, God, for each and every one of them. Thank you for loving us, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Why don't you give yourself a hand clap of praise? You can be seated. Amen. God's will for you. What does it mean when we say God's will, the will of God? What's God's will? What does God want me to do? What is God's plan for me? Is it enough to just know God's will? If God revealed something to you, is, is that all that is required of you just to know 
God's will. Is there something else that we must do to fulfill what God reveals to us? In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus takes the opportunity to address areas that not only helps us or includes us into God's will, but there's also things that he addressed that could prevent us from accomplishing the assignment that God has given us, God's purpose, God's calling, God's will. Areas that could prevent us from accomplishing God's will. What are those areas? What, well, we could exhaust our time here this morning and talk about it for hours and hours and hours. And I'm sure that all of us have different areas where we fall short. Amen. When God calls us to do something, amen, we, we are excited about the call, amen. We are excited. They talked about it last night. They're so excited about hearing from God and going to these revivals and saying, yes, I want to do this or yes, I want to do that. And then time seems to elapse and when it comes before you, the reality of doing it, amen, we, we become overcome by certain weaknesses that can hinder us from accomplishing these things that God has designed for us. One of those areas, at least for me, amen, in my early ministry was overcoming anxiety, pressure, Things that would hinder me from pursuing the will of God, amen. Just coming into the church, there were so many areas that were pulling at me. When God wanted me to go one way, the world was beckoning me to go the other way, amen. And I had a hard time adjusting to God's will in my life. Very difficult for me. And Jesus was addressing this one area in Matthew 6 and verse 24 where he was saying, he says, no man can serve two masters. You can't serve God and you can't serve mammon 100%. You've got to either give 100% to God or you give 100% to the world. Material things. Mammon. Number two is experiencing the way God cares for each and every one of us. That was a big one for me. Matthew chapter 6 verse 31 says, Therefore take no thought... 
saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? How am I going to get my clothes? Who's going to take care of me? And the third point here is found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, where it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And everything we desire will be added unto us according to his will. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Our number one priority, our number one issue in life is trying to fit God into our schedule. When it should be, amen, God is the priority and how do we fit everything else into God's schedule? He's the supplier of everything that we have, everything that we possess, praise God. And so we find Jesus on this mountainside teaching these very important principles. Why did he teach it? Because he knew that there were people like me, praise God, that would struggle when I wanted to commit myself to God and give everything I had to God. He knew that there were going to be things that rose up in my life that were going to try to distract me from his will, from his purpose, from his calling, from his assignment that he had for me. I had to, I, 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 I had to prioritize my life into seeking the will of God first. Seeking the will of God means making God a priority over my life, over our lives. You see, when we seek the will of God, we listen. We listen to the voice of God. How do we listen to the voice of God? God speaks to us in many, many, many ways. It could be through the word of God as you're reading. It could be through the teaching of God as you're involved in a Bible study. But in most cases, at least through my experience, it's through that still, small voice when me and God are communicating with each other. You see, when you communicate with God, you are communing with God. It is a place of intimacy. It's a place where it's you and God. It's a place where you and God are in this place of, it's, it's really a love relationship. If any of you have been married or are married at this point in time, you should understand, amen, that when you get married, you must communicate with the one that you are living with. 
If you don't praise God, the Bible has some very strong words for you that I will not go into this morning. But in order to have a good, healthy, wholesome relationship with another individual, there must be this communication that happens. There must be this communing that happens. If you really want to get to know somebody, you and me, we have to take our time to talk to them. You have to make yourself available to them, praise God. And God is no different, amen. If you want to hear from God, you're going to have to put some time aside for God and God alone. If you want direction in life, if you want to know which way to turn in life, if you want to learn how to stay out of trouble in life, you have to communicate with God. The only way that I know what my wife likes is for me to communicate with her. Right. Honey, what do you like? Amen. What would you like me to buy for you, honey? What is your favorite color? Where do you like to go? It's not always about material things, amen. It's sometimes it's just spending time with her. There's no transaction as far as material things. I don't have to buy my wife a nice pretty dress in order for her to love me. She loves me because it's something that is freely given. And I love her because it's something that is freely given, praise God. And I trust, amen. I trust my wife. I don't have to worry where my wife goes when she leaves the house, praise God. We're so involved with each other. We've learned each other throughout the years, amen. I do not say, where are you going? I don't pick up the phone when she's out of the house five minutes down the road, praise God. Where are you now? Why? Because we've communicated with each other. We've communed with each other. We've gotten to know each other, praise God. Not only that, I'm too stinking old. I'm fat, I'm bald, and I can't see. But, but I love my wife. She, she's awesome. And God loves us. Amen. And his desire for us is to communicate with him, to love him, praise God. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 17, verse 5, it says, And while he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved son. I am well pleased. Hear him. I love this setting. This is the Mount of Transfiguration, amen, where Jesus takes his three disciples, amen, that were in communication with each other. 
And he takes him up to this mountain, and on this mountain he, he transfigures himself, and there's two others there on the mountain with him. And then a voice, amen, this is my beloved son. Hear him. You see, when you communicate with God and you have a relationship with God, God will take you to places, amen. He will take you to this higher place in God, amen, where he will show you things. He will reveal his word to you in a way that not everybody else can absorb, praise God. Because he trusts you. He loves you. He doesn't save you because you're perfect. He saved you because you're not perfect, amen. And he has a lifetime goal of transforming your mind and altering your actions, praise God. But the only way that you're going to step into the will of God, amen, full-heartedly, praise God, is if you stay in constant communication with God, praise God. The only way that you're going to be able to hear from God is to be sensitive to God. We have to hear his voice. You see, Jesus has all authority and he desires, his desire is for us to become like him. Bible says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 7 and 8, he says, and as they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitude concerning John, I, I, I like this. He says, what went ye out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken with the wind? But what went ye out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they that wear soft clothing that are kings and kings' houses? He was talking about John the Baptist. John the Baptist was... He was greatly used of God, but there was something different about John the Baptist. It wasn't about the clothes that he wore. It wasn't about the way he looked. If you know anything about John the Baptist, praise God, John the Baptist was rough around the edges. He was a man that God had isolated from the known world, praise God. Why? Praise God, because God wanted to develop a relationship with him. God knew the only way that God could use John the Baptist if he isolated him. Why? So God could communicate with him. You want to be used of God? You need to find yourself a place of prayer, praise God. You need to find a place where you and God can commune with each other, where a relationship can be developed, praise God. You want power with God, amen? Make time for God. John the Baptist was a different cat. 
But because he had a relationship with Jesus Christ, amen, he spoke with power and he spoke with authority, praise God. And he was not afraid, amen, to preach the word of God. He was not afraid to teach the word of God, amen. Why? Because he knew, amen, he knew who his master was and he knew his calling and he knew his purpose and he knew what God had called him to do. Don't fret because your life isn't all what you think it's cracked up to be. It's right where God wants it to be, but it's not going to stop there. God is changing you, and God is developing you, and God is helping you, praise God. Don't get frustrated, praise God. You see, John's speech was not eloquent. But what separated John the Baptist from everybody else, praise God, it was his faithfulness in the process of where God had him. He was faithful. God honors faithfulness. Hello? God honors faithfulness. When God called John the Baptist, praise God, John went, amen. Oh, I wish I was living in the day of John the Baptist. No, you don't. From what I understand about John's ministry, it didn't last very long. Six months, and then he lost his head. He lost his head. Sometimes it's good to lose our mind, praise God, our worldly mind, if you will. I want to have the mind of Christ. I want to walk in the spirit, praise God. I want God to use me, amen. But if I want God to use me, I need to be involved, praise God. I need to make myself available, praise God. Seeking the will of God involves being active. Jesus came to establish his church. But in order for people to be used, they have to have an active obedience. An active obedience. Active obedience means involved, being involved in your local church. Doing things around the house of God assembling with each other, praise God. Hello? Loving on your brothers and sisters, amen. If I could say one thing, amen, that strikes me with this church, and there's many, and I'm so, so thankful when I listen to this, this, these, these musicians, amen, they do a phenomenal job. If you were at that rally last night, there was such an outpouring of the Holy Ghost and it reminded me of something. And again, it's not what I've done, it's what God does. But there was such an anointing when they began to sing, amen. The whole place blew up with worship and praise unto God. And it's because they made themselves available. 
They were willing to give of themselves, praise God. They were willing to step out of their old mindset, praise God, and step into the presence of God and say, God, I don't know how this thing is going to turn out. I'm, I'm afraid. I have anxieties, praise God, but I'm willing to do it, God, because you called me to do it. Because there was a calling on my life. And this is what Jesus is asking for each and every one of us. He's asking us to trust him. To believe in him. All too many times we are called out to do something. And like Moses, we stumble, praise God, because we're not eloquent. Because we don't have the right words to say. Because we're going to mess up, praise God. Because I don't know the scripture. Because I don't know the history, praise God. Remember, people, this comes in time and it comes in study, praise God. Again, God didn't call us because we're perfect. He called us because he has a mission for us. And he would never give you more than what you can handle. If you would just trust him. He uses our weaknesses to fulfill his purpose. I'm a, and, and I don't say this prideful. I don't say this prideful. I'm a terrible preacher. I'm a terrible teacher. But I love it, and I wouldn't change it for anything because God called me to do it. I just want to make myself available. And trust me, if I can do this, you can do this. You just have to be willing to trust God and allow him to take you through the process. Amen. It's not enough to open the door for the will of God only, though. The will of God involves God reigning over our lives. Reigning over our lives. It's a priority. How do we prioritize God's will for us? Jesus taught we must deny ourselves. Deny ourselves. We deny ourselves and we... We allow God to use us, praise God. And God knows, amen. He knows our weaknesses, but if we deny ourselves, praise God, the will of God will be our number one priority, praise God. Jesus prayed this. He said, not as I will, but as you will. It's not about my inadequacies. It's about what you can do through me. He's just looking for a conduit. He's just looking, praise God, for a vessel. He's looking for a container, amen, that he can flow through. It's all he wants. That's all he's looking for. He's just looking for someone that has a desire to fulfill the purpose that God has given But God must take priority over everything. Oh, what's everything? Some things that stop us from being at the house of God can be 
can be our jobs, can be family situations, can be things that we feel are important that we don't have to be at church. We don't have to be at the house of God. And I understand there are times when these things happen. I understand. Anybody here that knows me understands that I am a family man. The steps that I believe serving God is God first, family second, church third. Praise God. And in all those steps, God can still be a priority. He could still be number one. But on the flip side, how many times do we allow work to interfere with the will of God? Matthew 6.31, as we saw, screams out to us, how will I provide for my family if I'm always on church? Well, if you're working on Sunday, then you need to probably take, take another look at your schedule. I've learned in serving God. Hear me, please hear me. Because these are eternal values. These are things that are going to get you to heaven, praise God. There's not things out there that are so important, amen, where you have to abstain from God's house, where you have to abstain from God's presence, amen. God will increase your substance, amen, if you just trust and believe in him. You see, with God's providence working in our lives, there is help. But we must put God before our business affairs. We went to a conference, amen. Most of you men were with us, amen. But these men stressed one thing, and they were all, I believe, millionaires sitting there on the panel. And they talked about their business affairs and how they had had this and built business from this, this, and this, and but the number one thing they had in common is every one of them said the most important thing that we did is we made sure that we made God our number one priority. That's the very number one thing they stressed. God had to be our priority. And sometimes we can lose sight of that because of the pressure in life. But if we make God a number one priority, this can only lead, and it will only lead, to a greater success in our business ventures, giving to the kingdom of God, applying yourself to ministry in the place where God has you, Constantly maturing your spiritual inner man, praise God. Allowing God to build you and edify you and help you grow in the kingdom of God. Genesis chapter 39, verses 2 and 3 says, And the Lord was with Joseph. 
And he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw. He saw because Joseph was faithful in everything that he did. He was faithful in the workplace. He was faithful in church. Amen. He was faithful in the things that he believed. Even though things tried to trip him up, he would refrain from those things. And he would make God a priority. And when you make God a priority, amen, the world, amen, will recognize these traits, amen, these godly characteristics, amen, that God is developing inside of you. And so when Potiphar, his master, saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did prosper in his hand, all Potiphar could do, amen, was increase and develop and trust and believe not just in Joseph, amen, but on the very actions that God was doing through his life. You might not get a raise for what you're doing in the workplace, but people will recognize you because your stance in what you believe. And most people will respect that as long as we don't try to serve God and mammon. As long as we're faithful, if you're faithful in the little things, God will help you in the big things. But God must reign over, everyone say everything. everything. Yes, everything. God must reign over everything thing. And so we need to understand what is really important in life. It's making God a priority. We need to understand that it's easy to become preoccupied in life from distractions and things that we want. Praise God. We must choose the good part, amen, that God has for us. And we must understand that these things that God has supplied for us and is supplying for us is a good, important part of our life, praise God. God only has good things for you. He only has good things for me. It doesn't always feel like it. But he does. We need to seek the rule of Christ in our lives, which is really a theocratic government, amen. In other words, it's God's rule in our life. God has always designed that to be that. God wants to rule in our lives. He wants us to partner with him. He wants us to join with him. We are his bride, praise God, and he, we were birthed, praise God, from the side of Jesus Christ. Not from his feet, not from his head, but from his side because he wanted us to partner with him. 
And he gave his life so that could be possible. If he invested so much in us, why couldn't we invest in him? Why couldn't we invest in him? In the parable of the Great Supper, Jesus illustrated and almost done the danger of making excuses. Luke chapter 14, verse 16 through 18 says, And a certain man made a great supper and bade many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. Can you hear the voice of the Lord? Can you hear that still, small voice that is saying, Come, all things are ready. And they all, with one consent, began to make an excuse. How many excuses do we have? Are we willing to trade the temporal, materialistic world that we see and feel and we're moved by our senses? Are we willing to trade that for the eternal things that are going to last forever? You see, it's the invisible things it's the invisible things that are real and that last forever, not the things that we see and behold. It's the invisible things. There are angels. There are demons. There are things that we can't see. There is a world that, that is real and alive, and it's, it's there, praise God. Just because it's not manifested to, so we can see it, amen, doesn't mean it's not there. I have a house on a hill, and I can't see it. I'm here, and I, I, I can't see it. But I know it's there. I know it's there. And if I drive up the mountain, amen, I, I can, I'll be able to see it. And sometimes it's a process of traveling from one place to the next. Are you willing to get into your spiritual vehicle? Are you willing to allow God to give you a tune-up? If you let God be your spiritual mechanic, your car will never break down. It'll get you to that place where you need to be. And eventually, you'll never struggle again. But you have to make, I have to make, His will. A number one priority. Let's stand.